Congratulations, you made it to the XFIL. You can sit back and relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you're brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. We used to talk about all the places where you can support and all the ways to do it, but it boils down to something pretty simple. You being here, you listening, you watching... And rating the show is honestly the best thing you can do for it. The free thing is the best thing. Hitting that like button. We appreciate you. Thanks for being here. This week, we're going to talk about where we've been. I know you've been wondering, where's the XFIL been? We're going to answer those questions for you. Where the wipe is and what we think is going to happen in the wipe. And honestly, what we're looking forward to. (laughs) I can't wait, but I'm just laughing because I had the biggest smile on my face when I heard you do the congratulations, you made it to the Xville, which was just, it, it was awesome, man. It feels so good to be back behind the, the microphone here. And I mean, we'll do it. We'll do it how we always do it, right? We'll start with uh, what we've been up to in game. And then we'll jump into the other things that Ronald was talking about, the wipe coming up, the things we've been doing in the meantime. But uh, we, we did get to jump into some raids. We did a, a couple scav raids and a couple PMC raids in the last week. And uh, we actually had a really fun shoreline raid the other night after we jumped into a scav run on factory. But the uh, the shoreline raid is the one I want to talk about, and it was it was really interesting not having played for a couple months after um, putting the game down. After about I don't know early level twenties is where I put the game down, uh, just after you know life got busy and got a promotion at work, that kind of thing. But we jump into shoreline. And we're, I remember before it, we were like, okay, what do we want to do? And we're like, well, let's, let's play one of the bigger maps. And, you know, I think we really need to go in with suppressed guns. And I don't know exactly what was on your mind with suppressed guns, but I, <laughs> I had that little bit of like timid, haven't played Tarkov in a while. Like, I don't want to give away my position if I do happen to shoot a scav or whatever else. So we spent, we spent a fair amount of time just uh, kitting up some guns and remembering how to use the you know gunsmith system and, and getting everything good to go. But we finally load in. It's pouring rain, of course, right? The first raid back in a while, and it's pouring rain. We're in daytime shoreline, and I've got my uh, suppressed M4, which is, I think, what you were rocking as well. We get in, and I'm just disoriented. And the first thing I say to Ronald is, <laughs> where the heck are we, man? It's raining, and I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> This is the best because the rain is so loud and, you know, all the things that go into the environment, though, and it was kind of dark, and we haven't played in a, a little bit, so yeah, it was awesome. Just kind of get back in and get comfortable again playing this game before the wipe happens. It's interesting with Tarkov is if you take a break for a while, some of it comes back quickly, and some of it comes back, you know, the hard way, I would say, a little bit over time. I would say, you know, I felt a lot of that, uh, you know, rusty kind of anxiety getting back in but then you get killed a couple times and it just it's like falling off a bike right <laughs> oh yeah totally i it was like the first landmark that i hit 
And it was like, oh, yeah, okay, I do know this map, you know, and it was the guard tower over by Road to Customs. And it was like, oh, okay, well, I know this spawn. I know we can have guys on our left or our right. And I immediately just like go into like, okay, what are people doing if they spawned in near us? You know, we know that the wipe's coming soon. So there's this like, you know, we don't need to loot. We'll probably check some loot spots. But we really wanted to shoot some, shoot some scabs, shoot some PMCs, hopefully in a couple of raids before we picked up the microphones again. It was actually really neat the way this worked out, not for the people we ran into, but for us. <laughs> we uh, we crossed the road and we're like, let's let's head up to weather, let's loot that, and then we can kind of hit power, go up to resort, and see if we can find some action. And as we're crossing the field, getting ready to head up to weather, you know, Ronald makes the call and he says, "I see guys, they're on the rocks." <laughs> right and the comms are a little rusty after we haven't been playing a while and of course i'm now doing like 360 like which rocks where are they at and he's like on the rocks left side on the way up to weather and i'm like okay got it there's two of them and we just start ripping rounds into them one of them goes down and we see one kind of back off around the left side of the rocks so ron said i'm gonna hold here i think i got him pinned down so then i push up and get up on top we can't find this guy they were right here. There's no way these guys got away. I sprinted up above him. We knew we hit him, so we knew he had to heal or do something. Ronald's like, I think I found him. And he puts a few shots in. And I'm like, where are you shooting? He's like, all I know is it's at the base of the rock formation. And I think I got him. So I'm on top of where Ronald went in. He's like, I'm going to go check him. You'll see me run up. If he's still alive and kills me, so be it. You'll kill him. So I'm looking down and I do not see what he's talking about. And then he goes into the bushes in between this little gap in the rock face. And sure enough, the guy is sitting there dead in the middle of the bush there. And we ended up taking both of them out. So within, what was it, like three minutes of the first raid we did, we ran into another two-man team um, and, and kind of knocked that dust off, which was uh, probably the smoothest re-entry to Tarkov I've ever had. Yeah, and the interesting thing was, looking across the field towards the rocks, the light was low. It was raining. And I was looking at this bush and I was like, is that a guy or is that like a branch? And it was pretty long shot and just kept pumping rounds in. I ended up firing a whole clip at this bush and I'm like, okay, nothing's moving. I was watching it the whole time. So I knew he didn't run away. I move up. I'm thinking to myself, man, if this guy survived this for one thing and he does actually get me right at the base of this bush, you know, GG's man, good on you because you found a way to make this work. And Sure enough, it looked like the initial kind of volley of shots from across the field had got him. You know, I almost kind of felt bad. I mean, in Tarkov, you never really feel bad, but I felt kind of bad because both these guys were level two. And it was just kind of like, oh man, it's rough to be level two in Tarkov. And it's rough to kind of not know what's going on and, you know, try your hardest and have that happen. But it was a great re-entry. Uh, first of all, Shoreline's still my favorite map. I still love Shoreline. Even though we were kind of lost, we got really oriented pretty quick, you know, given the size of Shoreline. And it felt good to make some shots. I mean, when you haven't been out there shooting in Tarkov land for a while, it does feel good to connect with some shots. I think that it's important to have an encounter and get a win kind of early on when you're getting back into Tarkov. It definitely helps. Yeah, I agree. And it's that dynamic emotion. Like, I feel bad for a new player that comes in and just gets smoked by two suppressed guns <laughs> off to the right where they probably, I don't even know that they had a chance to understand where they were getting shot from. But at the same time, it was, 
you know, it's Tarkov, so welcome. <laughs> Which is, it's that brutal entry to this game that I both love and hate, you know, because I want people to get in and love it. But man, it, it's brutal to start and I feel for those guys, but it was a nice, uh, nice entry for us. And, you know, we, we ended up completing that raid. We didn't see any other PMCs. We ended up getting to take out three or four sniper scavs and then cleared out the bus station, the gas station, went down to the pier. And didn't have much more action, had some scavs, and then ended up just uh, X-filling with a bunch of loot. And I think we left the <laughs> left the majority of those guys' stuff uh, on the bodies there. But it, it ultimately was just kind of awesome to, you know, get in, have a 30, 35-minute raid and reacclimate to the systems of Tarkov and the movement and, you know, forgetting to eat until later in the raid until it was almost out of energy. You know, it's just all those little things that feel so good to, you know, just remember and and think about. So it was it was an awesome just re-entry. So I'm excited to talk more about what's what's coming up with Tarkov in the future. But I do think uh, there's probably going to be so many questions about what we've been up to, where we've been, that uh, we can we can get into that. Unless you you have more you want to talk about that we did this week. We got to touch on just one more because it's just a great it's a great story. So we're in basically our first scav run back. So this is like oh, literally yeah yeah yeah. Scav run number one, where we haven't loaded Tarkov in a while, and it's okay. We should uh, we should fire it up and see how this goes. We're like, what should we do? Well, of course, we should scav factory. It's our bread and butter. It doesn't matter what we have. So I load up. I have like a VPO with a suppressor on it. It's like the worst gun ever for factory, but we're doing this right. And Trigger's got some kind of long gun too. Like we do not have the correct guns for factory. But we're gonna do this. We scav into factory. We end up scaving in. What What is the door? It's not forklift. It's the opposite corner of forklift of where we started. So what is that? That's not door three. It's like door zero or something. It's gate zero, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so we hit the medical tent. We kind of go over there. There's eight minutes left. So we figure, hey, PMCs are gone. We hear scavs talking and running around. But we don't hear any gunshots. So we make our way through the medical tents and triggers looting, I'm looting. We're hitting different crates. We're hitting whatever dead scav bodies. We go downstairs, hit the hallways, end up coming around, coming up by the forklift side, still nothing. So then we head up to the office, go through the office. There's nothing up there, but it's been looted. And then all of a sudden the scavs start making lots of noise. And we're like, what's that? That's unusual, right? Because we've been running around for like three minutes and there's no sound. Scavs start making all kinds of noise. Shots start flying in the middle area factory, just outside the office. So like not in the forklift area, but through that middle partition by the blue dumpster towards that side of factory. And the scavs are shooting everywhere. And Trigger and I are up on the scaffolding, like in the middle of factory, just looking like there's got to be a PMC down there or a player scav who killed a regular scav and got all these scavs going. So sure enough, we're, we're looking, we're looking, and all of a sudden. I see another player or scav. I'm not sure what it is at that moment, but I'm looking. I see this guy crawling on the grate right above the blue dumpster. And I'm thinking to myself, that's just weird. There's no way a player scav should be crawling there. And so I had my garbage gun. I unloaded as many shots as I could, took him out. I'm like, Trigger, that's got to be a PMC. And we're like, there's just no way, though, because there's three minutes left. And sure enough, we roll up. It's like a level 18 or 19 PMC. He's probably definitely the last PMC in the map getting shot at in every angle. And it was, just, it was great. 
That was like our very first scav run back. So it was like a welcome to Tarkov. Here you go. Well, and we did the like two or two, you know, and we loaded in. It was the, well, we don't really care about our fence rep anymore. So if we end up starting or getting involved in a scav battle, so be it. You know, we're days or weeks away from the wipe. It's clearly happening every day. If you look at every post on Reddit, it's happening. You know, it's confirmation that it's happening every day this week, I think. <laughs> I've seen confirmations for. So it'll probably be two weeks. But so we were we were basically just running around trying to start something. And <laughs> I was on the, the far end of the scaffolding. And I remember you, you're underselling it a little bit. You shot your, your bullets in. And before you said, I think this is a PMC, I just heard that sort of like chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> the chuckle of you realizing you killed him and you're pretty sure it was a PMC, which was awesome because <laughs> we just load up and you're like, I think that was a PMC. <laughs> <laughs> just that little devious Tarkov win that, uh, you know, could be so hard to come by some days, but happened on our first scav raid, which again led into the awesome Shoreland raid we talked about. But it, it was really interesting with that amount of time left and you know, you try to play like reverse detective. We like we looked at his loot and we're like, where'd this guy go? You know, he had some kind of odd loot, so he'd probably hit, you know, maybe hit the office or or whatever. But he didn't have a ton of loot on him, and he was definitely uh, protecting something or not wanting to get shot. So, anyways, really, really fun start to it. I don't know. It was pretty cool to have a PMC scav encounter on that first one, which again, with the time left, is like we knew there had to be a PMC in there when we loaded in, but. Based on the fact we ran all over the map and didn't hear anything, we thought it was definitely empty at that point. But sure enough, you got them. Yeah, it was great. So I got to ask you, what state was your stash slash Tarkov guy in when you log back in? Because it's been a while. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it, I, I'll say, oh my gosh, because it's it's kind of just overwhelming with the way that I play, right? I had four scab junk boxes that were all loaded for bear with various, you know, tools and technology. And, you know, I'm I'm the crazy one. So I had a scav junk box with one slot tool items and then one that just carried one slot medical and tech items. Then I had one that carries two slot items and then I have one that carries three and four slot items. And so it was pretty well organized. I had some space at the top. The last time I played, I had left everything from my final raid on my PMC and I had left just kind of a, a smorgasbord of stuff that I had looted in a raid at some point in the top space that I tried to keep clean. So it, it wasn't bad. But when I started clicking through stuff, I remembered like, man, I was saving all of this stuff for something and I knew quests were coming up and I just, I was looking at it like, holy cow, I'm, I just don't even remember what exactly I was saving up for here. And I'm sure it was hideout related or quest related, but I, at this point, I really don't even know. So I didn't even do anything with it. I didn't sell it. I just was <laughs> like, all right, I just need to make some space to get this stuff out of my inventory currently off of my character so that we can get into a PMC raid. But the way you asked that to me, I need to know what, uh, <laughs> what, what yours looked like. Oh, man. So we all know that you have a problem with cases. It's not a problem. It, it, it's it, beautiful. It, your stash is far more organized than what I like to call the... The chaos that I locked into. <laughs> I forgot that I hadn't even made it to level 15. So at some point, I got bored and decided I was going to just try to level my fence rep. And I started just scaving. So I'm level 12. And I logged in and I had 5 million rubles in like 20,000 
$1,000, four scav junk boxes full of stuff, and not one square open in my hideout. Every square is full. My PMC was full of like temporary storage, and it was just unbelievable. I had no idea what I was saving for either. I was definitely saving for something because it was kind of sorted-ish for me. It was definitely ish sorted, but I was I have no idea what I was doing. So I had to just kind of mine my way back into my stash and sell a bunch of stuff. So I had some slots available to just get started. And one of the things that was really interesting about coming back to Tarkov after a while was I was really unable without the flea market. I'm level 12. I was unable to really build the gun that I wanted to use. You had to bring a gun in for me because I don't have access to suppressors. That's kind of an interesting thing. Like getting into the game later in the wipe could be hard for somebody, but you know, that could be a another topic. But back to my stash. It's now at the point where I've just sold enough. So I've got my top third back and we can do whatever we want because again, the wipe's happening soon. It was a complete hot mess. <laughs> I got a feeling that if you had 5 million rubles and 20,000 US dollars, you're probably waiting for that level 15 payday when you could sell all your crap on the flea market. It was definitely disproportionate for the level that I was for the amount of resources that I had. But again, I found myself getting a little bit bored with the repetitive nature of the same things. And, you know, this is as good a time as any. Maybe we should get into, you know, what we did, why we took a break and uh, what we did during that break. Yeah, absolutely. I think for those that were in the Discord or kind of close and listening to every episode, I mean, we dropped some hints and anybody that asked over DMs, which was a lot, you know, what was going on and when we were planning to record. And truth is, we had a number of episodes planned throughout time. And, you know, a lot of time it just boiled down to life. And it, it started with, with me, really. I got offered a pretty awesome job that I ended up taking in June of 2021. And then right as things were settling down with that, uh, which was about a year later, I ended up getting offered a pretty significant promotion to that job. And so <laughs> right as things were calming down and we were really settling in, um, in the middle of this year, uh, getting ready to really ramp back up, I got hit with uh, an offer I couldn't turn down. And it just took some time to really get my, my feet dirty with that. And on top of it, I had both kids in full-time school at that point. So just a lot of changes to my personal schedule. And the thing that we didn't talk about a lot or really at all is just how challenging it is to carve out not only a couple hours to record and plan, but also just the kind of net effect of having two people's schedules to work around, um, especially when we were, you know, we had a recording night and editing program and all of that. But my schedule changed a lot. And I know you also had a lot of things happening and going on as well. That's kind of what happened to me personally. And then we, I mean, we had a, a ton of stuff go on and, and we were still doing things. We just weren't recording at the time. Yeah. I had a very similar type situation about halfway through last year. My job changed as well pretty significantly. And it's really interesting when you want to do this. And we both love recording and we both love creating the Exo podcast. And we enjoy playing Tarkov. I love the community. We're excited to be in a place where we can get back into it for sure. And I think that as I look at like my past year, it was really interesting to get to the point where I feel like I am refreshed and really want to do this again. I mean, I, I miss making episodes with you, man. And I'm just excited to talk about and 
nerd out on the game that we love and we also ran into a couple other games along the way as our schedules were kind of opposite for a while that we played through and I think it's pretty cool to enjoy games in kind of a cyclical nature. In my experience gaming for a long long time because I'm old I have like a staple game that I've played for years and years and years. I think you've had that kind of experience too. For me I've enjoyed recently kind of branching off and trying new games and some have lasted for like one session. Some have lasted for just, you know, a week. I got into New World for a while. I thought that was interesting. And then it kind of fizzled for me. Got into WoW Classic for a while. Playing these different games brought me, you know, different levels of enjoyment. But I really do kind of miss getting back to playing Tarkov and recording podcasts about it. Because, like I said, that staple game, Tarkov's definitely going to be probably that staple game for me, along with World of Warcraft, which I've played for years and years. I just think that enjoying the game enough to want to come back to it after such a long break is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I agree. And that, the, the word enjoyment is really the thing that I'm kind of resonating with that you talked about. And as we talked and talked about what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And how do we want to come back? Do we want to make a new show? Do we want to transition? And all these things. And what it boiled down to is we both, and I'm speaking for you and, and really me too, but I really found that my enjoyment was in recording and community and engaging with people and just creating content. And so we don't necessarily have, you know, a firm plan on like, are we just going to talk about Tarkov and strategy? And we've always talked about like how to get better and have strategy talks. But at the end of the day, what, what I really discovered during the break I had from creating content was my enjoyment for gaming in general. That kind of led to us talking about, you know, maybe we're, we're going to talk about Tarkov. We, we plan on playing this wipe. We plan on recording shows. Um, but we'll, we'll probably talk about other things that we're doing on this show. And, and I know that's not going to be for everybody. And um, that's okay. You know, if you don't want to hear us talking about WoW or you know, PUBG or, or whatever we get into or even non-gaming stuff, what we really settled on was that we really enjoy, you know, podcasting and digging deep into subjects, and whether that's gaming, gaming strategy or whatever else. It's just something we want to do. So we're going to kind of take it as it comes and, and talk about what we want to talk about. And we're not really even sure what direction that's going to be. We know that we're going to play Tarkov this wipe. We know we're going to do that together on our own. And we want to talk about that because there's some really interesting stuff that Battlestate's doing. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But I, I, I really found an enjoyment for just gaming again. You know, I'll be honest, when my, I first got my new job a little over a year and a half ago, I was really struggling because my, my playtime changed radically. Um, it, I went from being a high playtime and what I now refer to as a high headphones on gaming time player to a relatively high passive amount of playtime, which means like headphones off and I could play New World, I could play WoW, and I could do a fair amount of that, you know, in between and throughout the day, you know, in between different things with work or, you know, part of my job, I have to sometimes be up late monitoring things that are going on with work and I can't have my headset on, but I could be playing WoW or doing other things while I'm monitoring those those tasks. So I had a lot of playtime, but I couldn't have my headset on playing PUBG or Tarkov, or if I did, I had to scav or play like Deathmatch and things like that. So I lost that focused time that I had in the past, 
And I actually got really frustrated for a while. I got really turned off of gaming because it was so different for me and so challenging to dig into games the way that I used to for probably over a decade that I became really disenchanted for six to eight months and really didn't want to create content, uh, was really not even gaming a whole lot. But after I got settled in my job, I discovered that I really had to plan and take advantage of the headphones on times. And that was scheduling with other people what to do when I was playing. And I didn't have to do that for a long time. I used to have so much headphones on gaming time that I could just pop on. And there was you know, a lot of people in the community here, as well as through the other podcasts that we ran and in those communities. You know, After changing my schedule and changing when I gamed it, it became challenging. So um, I found that enjoyment again. And we talked and got back to wanted to get these on the books. And I'm so excited to be recording again. So I know I said a lot there, but it's been really neat to discover some games, discover some old games, and just just get back into this. Yeah, I resonate with everything that you said. It kind of reminds me of the transition that I went through in gaming when I became a dad. I had a lot of gaming time up to when we had our first child. And then, of course, when you have your first kid, your whole life changes because you have a kid and that's that's an okay, that's a good thing. But it's interesting how when you find your new normal, you actually find a way to almost enjoy gaming or enjoy your, your hobby more because you have to have it in more compressed time frames, And so you become more intentional with what you do and the people that you spend time with. And I think that's the cool thing about the Xville community that we have is we've made some pretty solid gaming friends by doing this podcast and just, you know, recording episodes and talking about Tarkov. And I don't feel like I'm anything special when it comes to this. You're much better at this game than I am. But I just think it's cool that with our gaming time being a little bit more limited because of life, we're able to be more intentional and enjoy it more. I At least I think, and maybe that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to some of you out there. But as we've come through this kind of season of trying to figure out, okay, how can we still do what we want to do? And still have time to do everything else that we need to do. I'm just excited that we've kind of both at the same time come to this place where where we can do this. Our schedules have opened up in a way that we can continue to do this. And we so much enjoy doing it beforehand. I mean, we made, what, 80 episodes of the X-Fill in the first, I'll call it season. And so season one of the X-Fill was really like 80 episodes. And we're kind of in season two. And I just couldn't be more excited for where things are at right now. And I too, I'm excited to talk about other games and we will always talk about Tarkov. So I just want everyone to know we're always going to have a segment in the show about Tarkov. We love Tarkov, but we play other games too. And I'm excited to talk about other games. I'm excited to get feedback from all of you who are listening. What other games do you like? And if we talk about another game, you know, do you think we're crazy? Do you, do you agree with us? I just, I think it's being a gamer, especially as we kind of get a little bit older and we're dads, we're gamers, we're husbands, we've got real life, real responsibilities, just like everybody else does. But we still have a passion for gaming. And as we are really the first generation of people who kind of get to be adults and who are still active gamers, I think it's just cool to have a, a space to talk about that and just nerd out with people who are like-minded. I'm really excited to get going with this. And uh, I just appreciate just the fun that we have doing this. Yeah, same. And I really wasn't planning to talk about all that. So, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll hit more and and we'll dig into some of that in future episodes as well because 
we kind of unpacked a lot there. There are some really kind of neat things I've discovered as my kids have gotten older and watching them play video games and you know, wanting to take an active role in that. And (laughs) there's also a lot of things I've seen on the internet that I really don't want them to experience yet. But there's also so much I've learned from being involved in online communities and involved in the gaming scene that I also don't want to shield it too much, right? So there's this, there's all these cool dynamics that uh, I think we'll end up talking about on the show, you know, and and you kind of hit it. Like we really, we kind of envisioned having it be a two segment show. We talk about what's going on in other games or just other things we want to talk about and then we'll we'll always try to talk about Tarkov and you know if it Tarkov isn't in an episode or two for a while like we're we're always going to come back to it because we just I mean this game is so cool and <laughs> they they are always either doing things that I love or doing things I hate and I'm always going to have something to say about it <laughs> even if I'm not fully invested in the game at that time but I think that's kind of the cycle of Tarkov too is you know you end up playing really hardcore for a season or two and then you know not much changes or or not much changes to the way that you like to play the game so you end up taking a little break and i think that's healthy and it's good and uh it's been it's been amazing so i mean with all that let's let's dig into it you know we we got a wipe coming up soon soon with a with an asterisk over it because you know, like i said before we <laughs> we have no idea when this thing's coming out and everybody is speculating when it's supposed to actually happen so you know, is it a Thursday? Are they going to do it on a Sunday like they did the last wipe for the first time? Or maybe it wasn't the first Sunday. I just seem to recall it happened on a Sunday. And I thought that was really odd. But let's dig into just some of the stuff that we're, we're kind of excited to see. And, uh, you know, they've, they've also been talking about peripheral stuff like arena and that kind of thing. So what's, uh, what's on your list for the first thing you want to talk about that uh, may or may not be hitting this uh, upcoming wipe? Well, it's patch 13, right? So it could be on the 13th. Because didn't they do patch 12 on the 12th? I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I thought I, I thought that was the case. But what am I excited about? Well, the biggest feature in the game that I'm excited about is the arena system. And I don't know when that's going to be in. I don't know if it's going to be in this wipe or not, because of course they're not going to tell us. But I think arena in Tarkov, where you have the opportunity to actually gear out beforehand and go into a match, whether it's 5v5, 10v10, 20v20, whatever where it's either Battle Royale or maybe it's just team versus teams, like, you know, old school, like Counter-Strike or something. I think that could be a lot of fun. And I really hope that mode makes it into the game because I think that it would open up Tarkov to so many new types of players who don't necessarily want to go through the progression and MMO grind to increase their power to get to the point where they're competitive, where they just want to dive in they're high skill, but maybe don't have a lot of playtime so they can dive in and just show off and, you know, just have a good time with all their friends. The next thing, almost equally, that I'm excited for is for a reshuffling of the early quests. I've heard some whispers that they may be reshuffling some of the early quests around making the progression of the quests maybe slightly more relevant now that they've added some new maps since they originally designed the progression of the early quests. I also think that uh, it could make it more interesting for those of us who've played multiple wipes. I'm not even sure what wipe we're on. To be honest with you, it might be five. But when you do the same thing over and over again, it feels a little rough. Other than the PvP in the beginning of a wipe, the task system to me gets a little repetitive. So 
arena and the task system, I would say those are the two things I'm most excited about. How about you? Yeah, <laughs> I was I was just thinking about which which things were the most exciting for me because my excitement for the wipe comes around you know the first couple weeks. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anything better than the first couple weeks when the playing field is leveled and you just see so many random guns and the fights are scrappy and chaotic and you don't have the healing items you need and you know there's people everywhere on all the maps. And the, the points of interest for the early quests end up getting, you know, really bogged down. And that does lead me to think that the two things you mentioned, I, I would say, that are coming soon, hopefully, are the things that I'm, I'm really excited about. I think the, the shuffling of the tasks was talked about it in an interview and is happening this wipe. And I think Arena, they said the beta would be soon. So <clears throat> whether that's with the wipe or, or after, you know, I kind of agree. So I'll hit them in the order that you did. I think um, on the Arena front, I really just think having the opportunity to use guns, learn combat mechanics, and feel out how combat works and how to kill enemies in a separate mode than a live raid is going to pay dividends for players of all types. You know, it's going to give players that are a little more timid the ability to you know how to take somebody out or find tactics that work for them. And the players that really want to master quick movement, fast movement, you know, automatic fire, strafing and, and using cover, you know, it's going to work for both sides. Everyone's going to be able to practice tactics. And that's not something you can do really effectively right now without sacrifice. You know, maybe you have the stockpile to do that. I think there's a, a huge chunk of the player base that's going to absolutely benefit from this that's currently playing Tarkov. And to your point, I think Arena is going to bring in a lot of people that have maybe not wanted to get into it because they just weren't sure if they were going to like the combat system. But Arena gives the ability, um, I think they, they confirmed a 1v1 mode in one of the um, in one of the interviews or maybe a follow-up question to an interview. And I just think that's something that is just so hard to accomplish or understand until you've done a dozen of them or two dozen of them or died 50 times to players before you start figuring out how to win a 1v1 in Tarkov with the mechanics. And I just think giving people a chance to get comfortable with that's going to be amazing. But it's also going to open the doors for competitions or like you said, deathmatch or capture the flag or who knows where they're going to go with it, right? It could be anything. And I just think that having that separate mode is going to be just really, really beneficial. The changing of the tasks, the shuffling of the tasks, I think is something that I think people are going to be really excited for, just to not be doing the same things at the beginning of the wipe. And that's going to be good for, again, all types of players. Brand new players are going to be on level footing with, with other players. Seasoned players have something new to do. Content creators are going to be able to create new strategies. You know, it'd probably be a whole massive wave of content for the beginning of the wipe and what to do once we learn what those, what the task order is going to be or if we're finding it out live. So I think everyone's going to be really excited for this. I think what's going to feel really cool is, and I, and I hope it's this way. I hope it's a shuffling of the tasks and I hope that it's shuffled the same for everybody. I can see an argument for not shuffling it the same for everybody and having different progression paths for all different players. But I think there are so many memorable things right now tied to how the tasks currently flow. Things like 
having to get the machinery key and get into the construction yard on customs and how that's usually a bloodbath for the first couple hours or first couple days just trying to get into that you know orange truck and and get the, the door unlocked and get out of there and i think that story as i just said it i'm guessing everybody has some amazing positive and negative stories associated with getting that quest done i think there's such an opportunity to create brand new memories and and brand new crazy scenarios that you know i hope they put more quests in the beginning but i hope there's enough overlap and points of interest that we get to see some brand new like craziness in the beginning of the game because i i have some of the fondest memories both good and bad of things happening around those early quests where everybody's trying to get stuff done. That is very true. It's a good point. I do hope that they still create story arcs and shared objectives that still require everyone to kind of head into the same place. I also think the game will be better served by also having a parallel track as well, because it's it's really easy to get stuck on one of those quests. I know that we both have gotten stuck over the years playing Tarkov on a certain quest and been like, well, taking a break because this just isn't working for a while. And that's just kind of discouraging to want to keep going in progression. And I think the game needs more avenues to get XP, especially that chunky XP that you get from doing quests. Because there are just some choke points in the questing system now that just aren't fun. And I hope that they address that. And I still I still hope they keep it so that everyone has to um, <laughs> die while they're trying to open the door to the truck in the construction yard and customs, because you're right, that is something everybody can relate to. But then again, I hope that they do something where like Jaeger's reputation and unlocking Jaeger over time, you know, gets stuck behind some pretty specifically hard tasks for him and Peacekeeper being gated so far into the progression artificially seems a little weird. There's just a lot of things after you've done it so many times. It's a grind and it's really interesting the first time. And the second time you kind of know what to expect. But like the fifth or sixth time, I just want people to keep wanting to come back for more. And I think that you do that by having multiple ways of progressing through the game. And that's kind of what modern game design is. It's kind of bring the player play your way. Tarkov needs to kind of adapt, I think, a little bit in that way. Yeah, I don't think it would take much, but I, I tend to agree with you that I like your comment about the, the parallel track. I like the idea of, you know, having, you know, does it mean they leave the current one in and then they add another, like, beginning route that you could take so that you open up more stuff early? And I hadn't really been thinking about the unlocking of traders and how clunky that can be. You know, like sometimes you can get Jaeger and you do it on the first raid and that's awesome. Or whenever you unlock it, right? Like meaning in the first couple of raids. And sometimes it's really challenging to get that done because there's a lot of people on woods trying to kill scavs in past beginning of wipes. And I'm thinking about the Peacekeeper comment you made and it took me forever to unlock Peacekeeper this wipe. I mean, I didn't think I'd do it until like level 16 or 17. Like it took a long time. And I don't remember what I was gated behind, but I, I did. I just kind of got annoyed with it. I think it was flash drives this time around. Like in all the past wipes, I've had no problem with flash drives. And I think I just got completely stuck and couldn't find them, didn't find them and ran over and over and over and just couldn't find them. And I just kind of gave up for a while. And then they just kind of happened naturally. But I think that that's going to be the delicate balancing. It's probably why it's taken them so long 
to change these tasks, right? Shuffling them, I don't think, is as easy as it sounds. Because if they shuffle it the wrong way, you know, we may be locked out of Peacekeeper till level 30, and no one's going to like that. But that may be something that they want to test. But we'll, we'll, so we'll just have to see how it goes. I, and I just, I think I am really excited for it. My one hope is that there's more to do early. And to modify your thought a little bit, I hope that there's a splintering of tasks early. You know, because once you get past that first, like, first tier or second tier, and you start getting to where you have 9, 10, 15 quests active, the game really opens up. And that's when you really do get to play your way. And you're like, okay, I really want to focus on Shoreline for a while, so I'll start doing these Peacekeeper tasks. Or you can, you know, go down whatever route you want. But the splintering doesn't happen until you get through some really choke point heavy quests. And some of those have to do with keys and not having access to the flea market early. So it's a very dynamic situation that real strategy has had to be developed for progressing quickly in the current structure of the tasks. So hopefully they don't break it really bad. I'm sure there's going to be some some challenges with them moving tasks around. There's just so many if this, then that, and this unlocks that. I can't imagine it's an easy thing to tackle for Bowsy. Well, they've said for a couple of years now that the task system that we do play with now is really just side tasks. And there is some overarching storyline that's going to be in the game, uh, in the final release. That is, These are all just going to be side tasks. So I hope that's true, because I do think a storyline that takes you through all the maps and not just specifically high PvP areas or avoiding PvP areas, but actually takes you through a balanced tour of all the mechanics that Tarkov has would do the game justice to the work that they've already put into it. Because the game itself is very rich. There's many, many items. There's many things you can craft. There seems to be a point and a use for just about every activity in the game, which I think is really cool. They just have not found a balance between progression and time yet. I know that they've said it's it's a hardcore shooter game, so get over it. It's the way it is. And they could be executing on exactly what they want. I think they're still trying to find that balance of making a realistic military sim uh, as realistic as they want the mechanics to be, but also making a game that people want to continuously play. And really, back to my original comment before, when we are talking about what we've been up to, Really, for a game to be successful in the long term, it has to be that game that you can take with you and always want to come back to. Until Tarkov really finds that hook for all of us to want to come back no matter what, whether we're done with Kappa, whether we've unlocked all of the traders, whether we've done all the PvE stuff that we want to do, we've finished all the quests, and we're just grinding into, you know, whatever infinity levels for the very few people that ever get to that place. Or you may have goals that have nothing to do with the progression in the game. You just want to play with the buds, go do your five-man squad and have fun. But until Tarkov finds a way to kind of capture it through the mechanics and through the design of the game to keep us all there, it's going to be a, a good game. But I want Tarkov to be a great game, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think the last couple wipes have shown that the, you know, mid-wipe, you know, which is probably, what, three months in till the end of the wipe, it needs some work, right? Because there, there's look, there's a lot of players out there. And I know there's some people that listen to this that just play Tarkov. They play it all the time. 
whatever amount of playtime they have. And I think that's awesome. I did that for a couple years. I get it. But I also think there's a lot of people who have experienced a lot of what Tarkov has to offer. And they get to a point after maybe a month or two months into a wipe where they're like, okay, I'm good. I don't really want to do the cosplay tasks anymore. I've got my traders unlocked. And so now I can buy anything I want to buy. And, you know, I'll PvP when I want to PvP, but I'm, I'm good. And there just seems to be this uh, pretty big downfall or, or pretty big slide of, you know, player counts in the middle and end wipe. And that's not to say that it's bad or the game is dying. But I think it's there's just a lot of content creators and just a lot of people that we've heard from that just, you know, after a month into the wipe, they're just kind of they just kind of peter out. So you made the you made the comment about the gameplay loop, or at least that's how I internalized it and having it be something that people want to continuously play and come back to play. So let me ask you this. There's a number of things coming that this wipe is bringing, at least hopefully things like the streets of Tarkov, right? The new map. At least the first part of it with no boss, not the full area, but, you know, they've talked about things like the BTR armored vehicle with turret that cruises around to taxi you around. They've talked about extract updates and things like, you know, you can no longer simply use cash to extract. They're going to require players to set off a flare or show up at a certain time or do more of the switch pulling in one part of the map so you can get out somewhere else breakable walls, areas, like some of these things that they've teased. And I'm wondering, do you think that there's enough coming with this patch or is it new features like that? Maybe this is a better way to ask it. Are these new features coming with the patch enough to modify the gameplay loop to get people staying interested? I think everyone has to ask themselves a simple question. Why do you keep playing a game? I like these features that they're adding, they're talking about adding. I like the breakable walls. I think the extract, you know, in different ways has a lot of potential. But these are all just gameplay progression features on a single map or a single instance of the game or a single session in the game. It's not really something that ties together your entire path or journey through Tarkov. And I would really like to see them do more of creating a purpose to play the game than the mechanics slash some gimmicky things that other games have already done. Breakable walls are a thing in many other games. So it's not like that's going to be something that is earth shattering, no pun intended, but it's going to be something that has been done. And when a game is second, you definitely have to make sure that your implementation of something that you're second at is on par. Otherwise, it really isn't worth putting in the game. And I kind of think that Tarkov is suffering from a little bit of a what do we do next syndrome because they have a lot of ideas and I don't know necessarily if they know which ones to develop and what order to develop them in. And it seems to me from my perspective, all the things they're talking about doing are all interesting and they will be interesting for a month or a month and a half. But the only thing that I've seen that could potentially be interesting beyond a month and a half is Arena. Well, that's interesting. I think I think Arena, to your point, would have a really dynamic effect on interest in the game because I think if you lose interest in the core game, the raiding and scaving, and you go play Arena for a while, your distance from you know a, a PMC raid 
may cause you to want to do that after a week of arena or two weeks of arena. So I think arena will have a really good effect on how many people are playing both modes and just staying in Tarkov and and staying interested. I do tend to agree with you on some of the features and little things that at this point, the game is so fleshed out. And you you said it before that almost everything, if not every item, has a use, right? They've done an amazing job of making things tradable or valuable to sell to traders or useful in some kind of in-raid activity that it's so dynamic that adding little things at this point like breakable walls and areas, and I'm, and I'm going to pick on that one because I've seen so many FPS games add something like this and it always goes from being like, you're going to be able to modify the landscape And everyone has this picture of like being able to blow up a building and cut off a way that people would come through or set up traps and things like that. And it always ends up just being this wall that's very clearly breakable in the game. And it's like a way into a building. (laughs) You know, I've never really seen it modify the gameplay. Like it would be amazing if they put this in and it was like every time you walk around, like someone's you know, set off C4 or a mine or something that's completely changes the route you can take. But I don't know that they'll be able to get that dynamic with the physics. And they, they kind of alluded to that in the, the initial conversation around this, that, you know, the first iteration of it might not include physics. So I just don't know how many building blocks they need to have for systems like this in place so that when they actually finish the development of something like breakable walls or areas, that it's actually impactful to the game. And you kind of talked about that in terms of what to develop and when. I do think, though, that they've had some really good success with some small tweaks in areas. Things like when they put Scav Karma in and they made the extract updates to with VoIP specifically to allow people to work together to extract with PMCs and Scavs. And there's a reputation with Fence bonus for that. And th- those minor updates caused very unique interactions and gameplay moments for both the scav and the PMC, and that was a relatively you know minor thing that was available on other maps already, but little tweaks to the game and adding little features allowed that to become a viable strategy or something that you may have an opportunity to work with another player to do. And I thought that was really neat. It affected the gameplay immediately and in a unique way. And so on one hand, I can say, I don't think this is going to have a positive effect or keep people playing. But I can also look at things they did in the past that were building blocks, like cooperative exfils, that once they added VoIP and new exfils that allowed that into the game, or tasks that you know rewarded you for doing that with the daily tasks or weeklies, it created a new thing that people could try to accomplish or try to do, which is what I see them doing all the time. I just get concerned, to your point, that you know, a new map might not necessarily do that if they don't have all the quests in there yet. And at some point, I agree, I think we really need to see these main storylines tying some of this stuff together so that this side quest or, you know, wide variety of side quests that we've become accustomed to has that parallel path or at least an alternative path that you can progress through. Because at the end of the day, you asked a key question or prompted, you know, everyone. And so I took it personally everyone to say, why do you play a game or why do you keep playing a game? And the two things that I point to for myself are progression or fun. You know, am I just having fun playing the game or am I getting a sense of progression? And I don't think those two things necessarily happen at the same time. 
in some games, like Tarkov, you can be progressing and not having fun, <laughs> right? And sometimes you could be having fun in Tarkov and not progressing, losing stuff because you're doing crazy stuff in Raid. And I play other games like PUBG where there really is no progression other than a skill progression. And that is very much subjective, what you think skill is in that game, whether it's, you know, surviving or killing or being able to kill with a certain gun or who knows what. But I don't find PUBG to be very progression focused. I find it to be a game that I can log in and have fun whenever I go play the game. And I know there's people that don't share that opinion and that's okay. But I really think Tarkov has progression really, really down for the first two to eight weeks of a wipe. And then it's kind of a question mark after that two month mark. And there's pockets and moments of extreme fun in Tarkov, but a lot of it has to do with progression. And that's where I think they have an amazing formula and then also a question mark. And they've, I think they've had some wins along the way and they've had some systems that didn't work and that's what you'd kind of expect. But I'm, I, I'm not seeing anything in this wipe other than a potentially cool new map or at least part of a new map that's really going to drive interest past that question mark point which I usually see as like the eight-week mark, the two-month mark. I'm hoping that whatever changes they make in patch 13, we can look at ourselves three months in and say, this is pretty cool. This made the game better. Because I think we should always be honest about, hey, we're playing this game not as a part-time job. We're playing this game not as an obligation. We're playing it to have fun. And I found myself in the last wipe, I just puttered out. I wasn't having fun. And so I said, hey, I'm going to take this, the rest of this wipe off. And I really don't want to be in that place again. So that's why I hope they make some changes that add some longevity to players that already have figured out and experienced the systems that are in the game. And that's why I'm very excited for whenever they come out with Arena. Because Arena could be a very repeatable game mode that is not punishing. And sometimes... Tarkov, you just need a break from the punishing aspect. I love the punishing aspect. I think it's great. It's fun and it's extremely rewarding, but it can get exhausting. And if the game doesn't have an outlet other than scabbing for you to do something that is just not as punishing, you're going to put it down and find something else for a while. And if they had a mode that was still equally as fun, equally as satisfying in the end, I think that that's going to keep a lot of players far more engaged. That's my hope for the next wipe, is they start adding systems that do that. Now, I think it's pretty funny that it's, what, three years later? We're still talking about Streets of Tarkov. I'm just going to call it the Phantom Map. It may happen. It may not happen this wipe, but I do think it'll be interesting. If they make a, a large city map, you know, they're saying it's going to have all these things. But again, it'll take us one wipe to be an expert at whatever they create in Streets. And if they don't change it, you know, add more systems or whatever, we're going to end up in the same place. And so I think games that last are games that find a way to keep players engaged with systems that are not specific to just one session of gameplay. I'm hoping that's where they take it. I'm with you. And I think that they've done an amazing job of keeping people interested. They've kept me interested. They've kept you interested. They've kept a ton of people interested at the start of every wipe. And yeah, that's their challenge. Their challenge is how do we string that out for more time? Like you, I'm very excited. I I mean, oh, the PvP combat at the beginning of Wipes, man. Like I just I cannot help but get excited about it. I'm I'm excited to see all the other stuff. I hope it's engaging. I think some of it will be, and I've got questions about the others, but we're gonna see that. But I can't wait to dig in and 
you know, the last thing that I really like ending with whenever we do, you know, Tarkov content is just kind of a, a tip or a thought for, you know, someone that's new or maybe returning or whatever else. And, and I'll kind of kick it off is that the meta is going to shift in so many ways with, with the quest reshuffling and the task reshuffling. My thing is like, I, I'm not going to worry about the meta. And I would absolutely encourage people, especially when it comes to guns, just remember, especially in the beginning, every gun can kill. Every gun can kill later in Tarkov too. I know we've all been hit <laughs> by those random, random bullets from who knows how far away that take us out when we're fully geared up. Don't be afraid to dig into something comfortable. If if you find a gun that you just find to be comfortable and fun, like use it. Doesn't have to be amazing on the ergo or recoil scale. But if you do want to try new guns, wipe's the perfect time to do it. So <laughs> I looked at my stash as we were talking about it earlier, and I was just thinking about how many guns that I was saving for something. Who knows what I was saving them for when I got to Farm Factory or, you know, I went to labs or whatever else that I never put around through the rifling of probably a dozen guns. And that was before I opened up my weapons cases. So it's probably way more than that. And I recognize that these are kind of conflicting thoughts. Shoot what's fun. Shoot what's comfortable. Don't be afraid to lose meta weapons. Use them. And I just realized that I'm talking to myself here and hyping myself up for what to do in the next wipe. But I uh, I believe that either school of thought for those is, is actually a really good thing to do. But know that everybody's going to be figuring stuff out as they change up the task system. And, you know, use the gear that comes to you. Have fun with it. And, yeah, that, that's what I got for, uh, for what I'm going to be apparently doing myself here at the beginning of the next wipe. What do you got tip-wise? Oh, the biggest tip at the end of the wipe to get ready for the next wipe for me has always been take the scopes off your guns and start using iron sights, start practicing your flick aiming, start practicing getting good without the tools that you're used to using now because those tools make the game so much easier. So start running around with an SKS, run around with just garbology guns that are level one trader buildable and see what you can do because those are the guns you're going to have to work with. And I think it's important that some of those skills, especially taking the scopes off your guns and just using iron sights, some of those skills get rusty as the white progresses on and you get higher and higher levels of gear. So my biggest tip is have some fun. It doesn't matter. The game's going to wipe soon anyways. Just run around with guns without scopes on them and uh, see what you can do. Because when the game does wipe and you're all on customs trying to get that key, you're going to be the one shooting the guy in the middle of the construction yard and taking people out. And I think that makes the first part of the wipe just that much more fun. But I think that's about it. You can definitely see the green bar flashing at the top, which means we are moments away from disappearing. But before we do, a couple of things we want to touch on. First of all, we're excited to be back. We're excited to engage in the community. We're excited to play some Tarkov, especially in this upcoming wipe. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show, reaching out to us. I've had so many people reach out to us. Trigger's had so many people reach out to him. Thank you to everyone who's still listening to the show. It amazes me we took all this time off. We're still getting new people finding the show, lots of new downloads. Thank you to everyone. It's just great. We're just excited to be doing this again. So the best way to get in touch with me is on Discord. Definitely shoot me a Discord message. We're monitoring Discord pretty much all the time and that's the best way to get a hold of me I also you can catch me on twitter at ronald gaming but i'm pretty much a hangout on discord and i chat with people there how about you trigger how can people find you 
Yeah, same. Discord's definitely the best way. Uh, you can DM me there or tag me in any of the Discords that we link. But I uh, I got to echo what you said about just super uh, excited to be back, super excited to be recording, and just super grateful for all those messages. I mean, we get <laughs> we say this a lot, and I, I say this very like humbly that we do get a lot of messages. And it's really neat to to have people check in, but I've had people share things that are monumental in their life. Just in the past week or two, I've had two people send me pictures of their brand new kids. They've they've had babies. The first, you know, one was a son, one was a daughter. And it was so cool to see those pictures. And the messages are so, so cool. And we just look forward to uh, creating content again and reconnecting with some folks that, that we haven't talked to in a while or heard from us in a while. Discord's the way. And we'll, we'll have more coming out soon. Can't wait to do it. You can always find the show if this is your first time and you're saying, hey, you know, where are the places or was passed to you by a friend? Anywhere you can find a podcast, we're there. We're on all those platforms. We're on Spotify. You can download the show on Spotify, catch it there in offline mode anytime you want to. Also, the audio version of this is up on YouTube at youtube.com slash now, as well as all of our Tarkov guides and Tarkov content. There's all kinds of different stuff up there for different guests and things that we've had in the past. And before we end it here, I just want to say we're excited. And to recap by saying we've got some cool plans in the future, and we really look forward to making more shows. So until we do, good luck in all of your raids, and we'll see you next time. See you, everybody. Bye.